welcome back to another episode of the Midas Touches, where we discuss reality television. Really? I thought we did horse racing. Well, it is sometimes reality television. Well done to uh, Ekin Sue and Davide, who Ekin Sue, who won uh, Love Island. Very impressive result that, wasn't it? They really pulled it out of the bag, didn't they? For, for a couple who were fighting a lot early doors. Um, I wouldn't have had them as favourites early on, certainly. But uh, but they really grew into that relationship. And by the end, uh, they were probably the strongest. Not that I watched to the end, because I just got very bored of it. And um, wasn't sure about most of the contestants. But Yeah, I also gave up a week from the end. Uh, because I was on holiday. Which was lovely. I feel refreshed coming back to the podcast this week. Looking forward to getting stuck in to the racing amongst other things the football season has started since we last recorded uh, uh an interesting start to the season for mm. forest mm. but still good to see them on the on the league table <laughs> oh we can't be relegated well, yet so <laughs> we're obviously gonna be on the league yeah. table for another place i, I meant more that it's you know it's good that they're in the league yeah no fair enough uh it was maybe a bit of a f- you, you know a uh, fall back down to to reality for for forest fans but um yeah still pretty unbelievable just being in the premier league first game back uh, i'll be there on sunday uh, for the game against west ham first game at the city ground and uh yeah only way is up really uh also not so good for you either so actually bad bad weekend all around for for us yeah it was difficult but to be fair fulham um mitrovic everyone knows scored 40 plus goals last year and uh yeah we just weren't really on our on our best i thought mm-hmm. um and For you know hopefully well. hopefully crystal palace uh, at home this weekend will be slightly easier task monday night fixture actually yeah it's going to be a good one um looking forward to it a lot and hopefully the uh, host of changes i've made to my fantasy team as well <laughs> will will go well somehow didn't have salah or harland in my team before game week so i pulled the wild card already oh, no. and made about eight changes have you have you learned the rules now uh i had a little look at the wild card rules yeah 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 because tris actually for for context tris didn't really know the rules so he made a few rookie errors uh for those of you fancy football players out there uh he had his sort of best bench player on the last position on his bench uh which is mitrovic he obviously got what like 13 points or something yeah um so mitro didn't come on for you and yeah, not the the captaincy also messed up as well because uh, actually no, Mario's came on the end, so he only got two points for you. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe we should uh, stop talking about my fantasy team and move on to the racing. Uh, since we last spoke, Goodwood, glorious Goodwood, took place. Uh, a host of really really exciting performances, including one from none other than the uh, superstar that is Baid. That was just incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, we, we've known he's been a good horse for a while, actually, but he he just gets better and better. I mean, there always is that like standout Marlow. It was Palace Pier not long ago, and Baid is very much now taking that position. But even still, he keeps winning. He's an absolute machine, and um, he's going to York next, which is quite exciting, stepping up in distance. Do you think he could be better than Frankel? Or do you think he is better than Frankel? Um, no, 
I don't think so. I think Frank. Well, well, time time may tell, but I think Frank will like Baid for a start didn't win a classic, so I think that's a big thing against him on that one. Like, um, you know, Frankel's performance in the Guineas is absolutely unforgettable. Um, so that's one thing. But yeah, he's a very very talented horse. I think it'd be difficult for us to come close to Frankel, given what he did against the opposition as well. Yeah, I think I do uh, agree with you. I'm big time Frankel fan, so let's leave that at that. Uh, this weekend, really exciting stuff. We've got the Hungerford Stakes mm. uh, at Newbury, which we'll be covering the seven furlong. Uh, it's a really good race, basically. Uh, we've also got racing at, at Newmarket, not so good. We've got a Group Three at the Curra. Uh, a couple the, of Group Threes. The 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 Whip Stakes and the Ledger Trial. Um, you know, there's some there's some good racing. Yeah, the Ledger Trial will be interesting. Mm. Um, why don't we start with with that the Hungford Stakes, given that it is, uh, you know, arguably the the biggest race on that Saturday in England. Um, Tiber Flow heading the market at the moment five to two, Chindit three to one, Pogo three to one, Double or Bubble fives, Happy Romance sevens, Dubai Poet tens, Happy Power twelves, Misty Grey twelves, uh, and let's leave the market there for now. Uh, I know that you're quite keen on one here. Uh, who is it and why? Well, first off, I'm not very keen on the favourite necessarily. Um, <clears throat> Tiber Flow, obviously an improving horse, but has run over six um, or done most of his running over six. So I'd have that against him that he hasn't proven at the distance. Um, horse I really like in here is Pogo, who's just a really honest horse, tries and does it from the front every time. Um and and can pull it off as well. Like he's a very very game horse. You saw that last time out at, at Goodwood, where he was a close third. Um, really tried to to rally before just being closed out in the in the final stages of the race. Um, I think he'll put up a really good showing again today. Uh, this day, um, not sure who'll challenge him for the lead. Maybe chinned it. I know his last victory came um, from the front, so he could put in a challenge. I think Pogo is a very underrated horse, and it may be because charlie hills trains but he he deserves a lot more respect for a horse also who just loves the seven furlongs as well um so that's a plus to his name uh one more i would give a mention to is happy power who holds close form with with pogo on that goodwood run last time uh he's also a course and distance winner which is which is a plus but he's just a bit inconsistent for me to you know tip him with any confidence so i'd say pogo is a solid selection and happy power offers a bit of value at sort of 16 to 1 i think i've seen yeah 16 to 1 you can get at the moment snap it up if you want an each way play win play on pogo who is as charlie said mightily uh consistent over that seven furlongs uh 335 at newbury covered let's hop over the irish sea to the curra for the uh royal whip stakes where we've got an interesting entrant in luxembourg uh, not only Luxembourg, but also Point Lonsdale, two horses who both haven't run since the 2000 Guineas back at the end of April. Um, it's going to be interesting. These I saw something posted in the Racing Post, uh, posted in the Racing Post, posted <laughs> in the Racing uh, yesterday, saying is Luxembourg the forgotten horse for the Ark? Potentially. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he went, he went, he went favourite for the. Um, for the derby pretty soon after uh 
pretty soon after that performance in the guineas my question would be if desert crowns fit you know had they both got to the racetrack for that derby who would have won desert crown looked seriously good didn't he yeah yeah no i think i think so and i think there's been form to back that up as well so the, you know he uh, well westover is the obvious example right but he um yeah desert crown looks really good but it's an interesting theory luxembourg being a forgotten horse because obviously not being seen since um since may since the since the 2000 guineas where he was impressive and um you know for he's got all the right credentials to be a really good horse it's a shame we haven't seen him since um this one should be his for the taking right i don't know if you've got another angle in here but it seems to me that that this has got to be his race um yeah i guess to me it just just depends how much work they put into him leading up to it um and you know there could there could almost be uh the angle for an old one like patrick sarsfield to come out on top i don't Mm. know it it completely depends on the sort of prep they put in but you know if Mm. if luxembourg was to come in here you would have thought his his class is definitely going to take him pretty close. Of the older horses, I actually do quite like um, Insinuendo, the mare. I think she uh, having having got some some form at the Cara, um and putting in a decent reappearance run. Though that was a while back; it was in March. Um, so again, she's not been seen for a while. Um, remains to be seen whether she can she can come back from that long layoff, but she did win on her debut um so she's sort of shown form going fresh but yeah i of the older horses she'd be of interest but yeah i think probably luxembourg luxembourg's there to be um well i mean luxembourg's pretty solid yeah um let's hop back over to to newbury then doing some bit of a weird order so apologies for that just thought i'd go for the big races first vamping, yeah. um yeah which is vibing which is vamping no, we're, um, we're vibing. Either. Uh, the 2.30 at Newbury, <sighs> Rebels Romance heads the market in the Jeffrey Freer Stakes. Uh, 7-4 to four for him. Zechariah, 9-4. to four. Away he goes, 7-2. to two. Alba Flora for Rafe Beckett. Um, Rodrigo Diaz, Simcock at fives. Bit of money for that one already. Outbox, uh, Archie Watson at eights. Grand Alliance at 16s who very, very nearly won that um, King Edward VII at Ascot when hanging towards the stands, Mm, uh, towards the end. Uh, How do you see this one playing out? Well, it's pretty hard to fault Charlie Appleby's form of late, isn't it? It's unbelievable. I mean, you could literally just follow his horses blind at the moment. Um, But Rebels Romance is probably a solid enough favourite, though Evans is quite short. Um, for a horse that's that's only won a group three and beaten you know kamari twice <laughs> like I, I don't know is that is that would you really be taking that even money about that i don't know but alba flora would be the one of real interest if it weren't for the fact that it would be good to firm ground on on saturday um she she likes cutting the ground and um she won't be getting that this weekend certainly so she she's i mean she's a group one performer she finished very close in behind um ashada on on champions day last year and so that form would put her you know should put her at the head of the market here really but for the fact that the ground's not right um it'd probably be a no bet race for me actually um 
not too keen on any of the horses further down in the market. They're interesting that Rodrigo Diaz is coming for a bit of money. Coltrane's obviously a, a sorry, the form, you know, that the, um, Rodrigo Diaz showed last time out finishing behind Coltrane, who is obviously quite a good horse actually and a big improving, so staying horse, uh, who should be at what well, is at group level really now. But yeah, I don't know. Do you can you offer some shed some light on this race? Uh, I mean, I I think I think what's quite taking is that there's been a lot of money uh, against the favourite uh, since the since the price is open for this out from four to five to seven to four, whereas Zechariah's come in from five to one to nine to four, and and to me this kind of looks like one of those races where uh, Zechariah potentially is not gonna, you know, he's not gonna go and run in an arc or something at the end of the season. And this type of Group Three race, I think, would be well up for for him. And I would have thought they've got him really ready for this one. Um, obviously, that second behind Elder Elderov was was good. Yet uh, the form of that, it, it's it's been franked somewhat in that they went and ran again at, at Newmarket in that race against Dover Legend and say, Al, yeah. Al Karim Al Karim was was just in front of him that day. Um, there's no Al Karim uh, today, and Zechariah that day. It was such fir- it was such firm ground at Newmarket. It, it looked really like a tricky surface, and I do like Dover Legend, so I, I don't mind that form line, and mm-hmm. I like to see Tom Marquand booked. I think he's a great jockey, so I think my hat is probably just um, just just hovering above Zechariah's head at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And then you're getting nearly a stone from Rebels Romance as well, which is another thing to consider. Like that's that's quite nice. Yeah. So I think Zechariah in the two thirty at Newbury. Anything on the Denford Stakes, the one fifty five. Uh, some interesting two year olds there. Not much form to go off. Um, a couple of of unbeaten runners. One even for the Queen. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, for those followers of our of our blog on Lunify, they'll know that I tipped Blue Light Bay last time out um, at Goodwood. Thought thought that horse had a really good chance um, with some some good form tied in with a couple of other um, smart types in Celtic Champion and um, and Eminency. Um, the fifth that day wasn't that inspiring. Um, but like the market signs weren't really there for that horse, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know really how to read that one. Uh, Royal Scotsman, the winner of that race at Goodwood's, obviously a good horse, so maybe you take something from that. Um, Line of War, got to give a mention to that horse. Absolutely bolted up at Newcastle, um, time before last, uh, before finishing, uh, dead last in the superlative stakes. But that that was a very good race. Um, in which Victory Dance came a close second, who also reopposes here. Victory Dance is probably the one um, <clears throat> in this one, I'd say. Um, but Lion of War, the reason I mention that horse is because um, he's by Roaring Lion, who's obviously a big favourite of mine. So um, wanted to wanted to shout out that one. But yeah, it's a it's a difficult race to read, to be honest. Um, so yeah, probably an, probably another no bet for me. Sorry. Great. Well, um, I think. Oh. I do have one more on the card, though. It asked. would be great to hear, get your thoughts on that one. <laughs> yeah, it is the... <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah. No, it's the three o'clock at Newbury. So it's the Bet Victor Handicap over seven furlongs. There's a horse in here called Light and Dark, uh, who you may remember 
from ages yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, from ages ago. Um, Ran a stinker, I think. No, no, well, like no, it was. It was when <laughs> it was when we were. I think it was when we were at uni. It was, and we were getting. I, I was getting some sort of info package yep. from yep. some dodgy guy <laughs> in like uh, you know like West London or something. Do you do you remember? Because <laughs> we had light and dark and Phalac in this race yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the, and it was the so light and dark's debut and it was a pretty hot debut because franz kafka was in there turgenev as well won the race um but anyway this uh this horse went over to maidan for the winter um and ran some stinkers um all all outside the top 10 um and then has since come back to chelmsford and and come dead last <laughs> which wouldn't which wouldn't sort of inspire you but he's coming here off a mark or the same mark that he won um a Kempton handicap off um at the back end of last season and you can see these golfing horses sometimes go out to Dubai run no kind of race in some random you know um races at Maidan and then be on a really really workable mark coming back into into the country um and i could see that with this one um last turf winning mark was was um 90 oh sorry uh very close second off 92 at sandown um last year and we'll enjoy the good firm ground as well which is an- another thing so i i watch out for that horse um not sure what kind of price you'll get but um the boys in blue are doing incredibly well and yeah, if there's a bit, if there's a bit of each way value about that horse, I'd uh, I'd be getting tucked in. I think. Well, I love that. I love to hear that. There's also some fascinating action out in America, the Beverly D Stakes, mm. uh, where we have Rougier, um, trained by Chad Brown. Now, uh, mm. goes against one of Aidan O'Brien's Lily Pond, who who won a Group Two at the Curra. Uh, only sort of a month ago and it's interesting that they now send her out for uh this group one contest i'm not too sure how really to read it uh but they tend to be quite good they've got uh john velasquez uh, jocked up um yeah what what are your thoughts here i, I mean, mean i've quite i kind of landed this on you yeah which you, I, you've really thrown me a hospital pass given didn't even know lily pom was a horse <laughs> 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 until you mentioned her just now um but no really interesting um i think i mean rougier was a was a very good horse um back in uh back in france so interesting that um that bally doyle have come in and bought a bit of um uh, bought a bit of this one with, along with peter brandt who um i think previously owned rougier perhaps or anyway um so that one's of interest. I'll tell you who I'm on. Okay. I'm yeah, on Family Way. I love the uh Warlike Goddess. Do you remember when we did our 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 um what's it what's Breeders it Cup. the Breeders Yeah, jeez. My brain's not working today. Uh, we did the Breeders' Cup preview and mm-hmm. I loved Warlike Goddess. And actually uh, she ended up losing to Love's Only You, um, which was your selection. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's great form. Warlike Goddess has definitely proven herself. And to, you know, have two narrow second places the last twice, I think Family Way's got a good chance here. I'm not sure the O'Brien one's gonna be up to much. Yeah. And yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty interested to to see what price this opens up at.
Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you got Tyler Gaffley on board. Good young jock. Um, but yeah, I think maybe that's all for the for the racing action. Yeah. Uh, any football selections catch your eye? Uh, again, you didn't ask me to prepare this, so I'm going to do this uh, sort of a bit ad lib. But um, I think you can back Jesse Lingard to score against West Ham in the that, Forest game. Now, that would be quite a story, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Why? Know. Why? Because he played for West Ham. Uh, well, our listeners loan. might not know that. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. So Jesse Lingard <laughs> played for West Ham on loan last year and had a very good uh, time of it. And then... It looked as though he was going back to West Ham until big-hitting Nottingham Forest with their Champions League pedigree came in and uh, offered him loads of money. So he went to Forest instead. And I just had, I just think he could play really well against his old team and, um, yeah, get a goal. So if you're fancying a bit of a rogue punt, go for J-Lings. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Done deal, baby. Um, yeah, interesting. And then my selection would be Mo Salah hat trick. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't actually be recommending Especially against Palace. Be. Difficult. Yeah, they are. Um, but I think that, that draws to a close uh, the, the main part of this episode. We've been watching a lot of the 100 recently. Uh, we actually had a, a repost from Sinek Faldo today on our Instagram story. <laughs> really? Yeah. Who finished his career as a uh, golf presenter on the American Channel. And it was it was actually a really moving video. I highly re- recommend you guys watching it if you haven't already. Um, yeah, he properly breaks down. And I basically said, this is what the game of golf is about. It's about passion. And it's something that Live Golf will never be able to uh, recreate because all they're concerned about is money. Mm-hmm. And I said that it's sports washing in the f- the highest degree. I can't remember what the exact words I said. Well, and it was interesting that it was reposted by Nick Faldo within five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he clearly agrees. And, and I think that's potentially part of the reason that he broke down was to see golf in the, in the state that it is now. Um, potentially even Cameron Smith the open champion uh, defecting to the dark side that is live golf which of that generation so nick faldo's generation uh, do you reckon would have gone to live golf well greg norman <laughs> because he is the um you know the the ringleader the guy who's running it he's the, I, I dread to even think how That's much fair. money they're paying him what but a- i would say he strikes me as definitely one what what about the guy who messed up uh, the Open? Uh, Jean Van der Velde. <laughs> Would he go? No. no, I don't think I don't. I I think the French have more um, quality to them. I'm not surprised to see Pat Perez. <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> yeah. Pat Perez is. Have you not seen the? Oh, no. oh my god! You got to see this video. Yeah. If anyone listening now, just type in Pat Perez house tour, and you'll realise why he's gone to live golf. That that that's all you need to see Mm. um okay cool but we'll leave it there for today uh it's been great chatting with charlie uh another awesome episode of the midas touches where we have reviewed reality television yeah with a twist uh that's all for today it's a goodbye from me tris and it's a goodbye from me charlie